Welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Pastor Joel Gregory continues in his Power Pack series entitled Non-Negotiables. Make sure to share this with your friends and your followers. Let's go into the worship center and hear what God has for us today. All right, praise God. Let's go ahead and get back into this. We're on uh, part three of non-negotiables. I didn't get as far as I wanted to on last week, but, but that's okay. Uh, non-negotiables by definition means not open to negotiation or discussion. So, I mean, you know, there are areas in the scripture that when we get before God, we just can't say, God, you know my heart. Amen. Or God, what, what happened, what had happened was, or, or whatever, right? We're really not going to be able to justify it, especially after we know. And so the Apostle Paul is writing this letter to the church in the ancient city of Corinth, and he wrote it to deal with several serious problems that he considered non-negotiable. And since all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable, even though God led him to pen it, how I many know it really comes directly from the heart of God? All right. And so to uh, get to where we need to go today, let's read our foundation text. Our foundation text is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 9 through 11. I do encourage you if you missed the first two weeks because I can't really take the time to share anything that I said the last two weeks. We're going to pick up with all new information today. I do encourage you to go listen to that. 1 Corinthians, and who's my audience? Who am I ministering to? To the church. I'm not ministering to the world. So, if, so, so please... I'm talking to us. Okay. First Corinthians chapter six, nine through 11 says, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? And it's real clear here. Do not be deceived. So we know deception will be a part of people who are operating in these lists of things that we're talking about. It's really because they're deceived. It's not anything else. The scripture says they are deceived. It says, uh, and they need to be understand that the behavior and the practice of these things will not allow them to enter into eternal life. It says, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites. Today, I'll explain by, by why both of those words are in there together and will knock down a real argument that that community has about uh, justifying the behavior, especially when they say that they're Christians. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But now you are washed, you're sanctified, you're justified in the name of our Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. And so deceive means to roam from safety or truth, and it means to go astray. It means to be seduced, or it means to be led out of the way. We've talked about context as king. So we went back into chapter 5 and all of really chapter 6 to understand what he was talking about in those three verses there. We looked at uh, point A up underneath point number one, which was Christians taking other Christians to court. And we know biblically we shouldn't do that to any, each other. And the scripture calls that extortion or we're extortioners when we swindle our brothers and sisters. And how many know that goes on in church more than you realize? All right. And then from there, we went on to talk about the real problem, which was point number B. And now we left off with category one. Point number two is category one, sins done in the body. The biggest thing I want you to understand is anytime you see a list in the scripture, how I many know it's listed the way that it is strategically by the Holy Spirit? 
right? And so if you, you really pay attention to this list, anytime it's mentioned anywhere else in the scripture, I'll show you two other areas today because in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word can be established. So you'll clearly see that the first one is what introduces us to everything else. So if we get the first one down, how I many you know we won't open ourselves up to everything else, right? And so the very first one that we talked about was letter A, fornication, right? And it comes from that Greek word pornos or pornea, right? It's where we get our English word pornography. So the way most of these behaviors are introduced to our society is through pornography. Thank you. One amen. How is it introduced? So God knows more than the world. Pornography is a multi-billion dollar business today. It's ruining homes, ruining marriages, ruining single lives. Hello, somebody. Changing behavior. So I just want to be clear, right? So we won't go back and talk about any of that, okay? But, but I'm going to show you two other lists, and you're going to see right at the beginning of the list is the exact same thing, right? And so God is really trying to make sure that we understand, and the world doesn't try to hide it from us. They go right to the original meaning of it, call it that, and we buy it up by billions. So the world doesn't even try to be subtle. subtle. They call it what it is, and we still buy it, okay? Now... Let's pick up with point number two or letter B today, which is idolatry. And you'll notice idolatry follows fornication. And it follows it for a reason. Idolatry is the worship of idols. And an idol is anything you put before God. So now the, uh, the Corinthian economy was dependent upon this sin, the sin of idolatry. So the city had multiple temples to multiple gods, and each temple depended on the revenue drawn from the worship of that god through the use of multiple or various temple prostitutes. So they would use a temple prostitute to really seduce you to worship that god. It may even be that this sin is mentioned after fornication because the one sin often involves the other. So in order to get, in, in order to get involved in pornography, uh, sexual immorality, fornication, how I many of you have to put something before God? Right? And so it follows that because we typically don't realize we're doing it, but we're literally worshiping something more than we're worshiping God because God said it's wrong and we do that anyway. Now, so it used to be that we uh, tended to dismiss ourselves from this sin in our culture. But paganism, does anyone know what paganism is by definition? It's the worshiping of other gods, but in particular, uh, nature, earth, animals, right? And so if we're not careful, folks, what society is getting ready to do is try to redefine everything that God created. Right. And it's going this far now, where in public schools, kids now can identify themselves as furries. Look it up. Google it. Understand it, right? So in other words, I'm, a, I'm an animal. I'm a dog. Right? And I, I had lunch with a father here, and it was interesting. And I'm defending the father, and the father's right to defend his son because his son is being disciplined at school for bullying. 
because the kid told him that his pet that he identified, that he is, is a dog. So the father's son asked him, well, do you wear a dog chain? Do you sleep in a crate? Do you eat dog food? How many of those are legitimate questions if you're saying you're a dog? The school defended the furry and disciplined the kid for bullying. This is where we're getting today, folks. Where, in other words, I can be whatever I want to be. One of, my, one of our dear friends sent us a, I'll wait till I get to that. Don't forget that. I want you to share, share that with me. I don't want to lose my time here. So paganism is something that is recognized today as a religious category. And it's becoming more and more prominent in our culture today. But even if we don't understand idolatry as the actual worship of a false god, our culture is nevertheless filled with the worship of things other than the one true God. So whether it's possessions of money, success, career, the approval of others, uh, whatever, social media, political causes, our spouse, our children, religion, celebrity, whatever it is, I, I want to read this statement that I wrote down to you. Whatever we begin to accept in the lives of other people, we begin to accept it in our own. Okay, is everybody clear with that statement? All right, and so how do I address this issue of idolatry? See, if God blesses you with a car, how I many know don't use the car to never come to church again? Because when you were walking and needed a ride, you always wanted to be at church. I mean, if God blesses you with a job and you make more money, don't say that you're too busy now to go to church or serve God. I'll get to that. All right. And so the one way to do this, you know, people are okay until they get stuff. And then they use the stuff to replace God. Right. And we don't realize that. 1 Samuel chapter 15, 23 says, for rebellion, this is the New King James Version, uh, says rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And so Saul was okay until he became big in his own eyes. When Saul was humble, right, Saul was, was, was being promoted and doing extremely well. But once Saul became big in his own eyes, and that's what possessions and materials, that's what it does to people. We start inflating our own opinion of ourselves. Not realizing that it, 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 man, listen, everything that we have came from God. Somebody ought to thank God for that right now. Somebody ought to acknowledge that in this room right now. Everything that I have came from God. And I want to use it to worship him and not replace him with what he blessed me with. See, new houses will do that to people. New cars will do that to people. So it says rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. I mean, a new boyfriend can do that. A new girlfriend can do that. All kind of things can do that. So it says here, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as, is, as, is as iniquity and idolatry because you have rejected the word of the Lord. He's also rejected you from being king. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 14 is the other place in the scripture where the only other place in the scripture where it tells us to run. It says, therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. So in other words, run from it. 
So as Christians, what we want to make a practice of is never putting anything before God. Not him, not them, not it, nothing. If I have to make a choice, a choice between whatever and God, choose God. Notice Colossians chapter 3, verse 5, New King James Version. Here's another list. Uh, media department, if you can get Galatians chapter 5, verse 17 for me in the Passion Translation, I want to show it another way. But let's look at Colossians chapter 3, 5, but get Galatians chapter 5, verse 17, I believe it is, the Passion Translation. Let's look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 5. Notice what it says. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. Fornication. First one it lists. Pornia, where we get our English word pornography. Well, how do you put that to death? How do you kill that? You can't give yourself access to it. Can I just be transparent for a moment? When I was single, when I first got saved, I had a problem with that because I thought that was better than going out and actually doing it. I didn't know any better. And so I'm doing that. Until finally the word of God, I grew and matured in the things of God and realized. And so for me, right, you know what Jesus talks about, if your right eye offends you, pluck it out. I mean, no, he wasn't talking about taking your eye out. He's talking about removing from you what you can't control. Right? So I learned for myself, I can't have that stuff in the house. Because I'm going to watch it. See, I guess I'm the only one willing to be honest in here. Don't, don't sit here and look at me like that. I'm watching it. HBO, After Midnight, Cinemax, I'm watching all of it. I'm taking a nap in the daytime so I can be fresh and up at night. Come on, I'm 22, 23 years old. So, so much so I realized I can't control this. So I go to everywhere that I have a card at these videos. Because back then you had to go in that back room with the red lights where you go through the little, have all the little, and you, I can't. Some of y'all, anybody here know what I'm talking about? I say, ain't nobody going to raise their head right there. I'm just being honest. I'm a young man. This is before I get married, all of that, okay? And so I go to all of them, and, and I tell the people, I'm, I'm saved, I'm a Christian, and I'm trying to live right. And doing that is wrong. And I withdraw my membership from all these places. I get rid of cable in my house because I can't stop. So by the time I marry her, I have no cable. And she can't live that way. <laughs> now, how many know I can't put my issues on her, right? So now she has to become my accountability partner. So I have to tell her the reason I don't have this is because I would do this. And so in order for me not to do that, if we're going to have this in this house, then you must put the password on the television and don't give it to me. So you got to know your own self. Come on, somebody. You got to know thine own self. Right? Is that an accurate story? But and still to this day, that stuff is not in our house. Amen. And this is now after 33 years of being saved. Amen. Okay? And so, if you don't understand that, he says, therefore, put to death your members that are on the earth. First thing he says is, is fornication. Then uncleanness, which is all kind of sexual immorality, passion, evil desires. Then notice what he says. 
Covetousness, which is idolatry. That's an interesting one right there. Covetousness, which is idolatry. Covetousness, which is idolatry. Adam Clark commentary defines covetousness as anyone who puts his money or possessions before God. Now, I'm called to teach the truth. We do this every Sunday. Soon as it's tithes and offering time. I pulled up a statistic before I came out of here. Only 5% of Christians tithe. Let's get the music department back out here. It is, it is so quiet in here right now. Because we can all drink at the same time. Now. That was the song. <laughs> Lift the spirits back in here. Think about that. Only 5% of the people. So we do this every Sunday. Which means we put our money and possessions before God. When I really have news for you. God will do more with the 90% than you can do with the 100%. Do, do I have any witnesses in here? My, I asked the question, do I have any witnesses in here? My wife and I, now, we don't even do that anymore. We've graduated way beyond that. And God does more with what we have left than what we would have gotten if we kept the other amount. Okay? All right. Let's talk about adulterers. Let her see. Now, this is someone who either has entered into a marriage covenant and breaks it by giving themselves to someone outside of the marriage or someone who violates the marriage, listen very carefully, the marriage covenant of someone else. So what the Corinthians believed, that is, if I wasn't in the marriage, but I slept with one of the two, I didn't commit adultery. See how deception will do you? Right? That's literally what they believe. So in the Corinthian culture, this was an accepted practice. And it became, it's becoming increasingly accepted in our community as well. See, now we have commercials, right? I don't want to be the main chick. I just want to be the side chick. We have something called open relationships now. So people believe that as long as it's consensual and we're grown folks, we're adults, Christians, and, and we agree to do this, we're not doing anything wrong. So we're not hurting anybody. This is what we all agreed to. Okay. Just being real clear. And so every television show you have to watch today has to represent all of these different behaviors. So they got to have an adulterous relationship in it, a same-sex relationship in it, a heterosexual. And all they're doing is desensitizing America. What I'm trying to do is sensitize the body of Christ to right and wrong. Hello, somebody. Because if we would just stop watching it, they would stop making it. And we support wholesome things. I'm not telling you to not in, enjoy life. I'm telling you, you should have a line that you draw. So now, 
So we've long ago ceased to be surprised when we hear of adultery in the lives of celebrities and politicians, right? And again, I want to repeat this statement. So what we accept in the lives of our role models soon becomes accepted in our own lives, right? So just think about how much secret unfaithfulness has been committed, not only in physical sex, but also in the heart through the cellular uh, phone, through the iPhone, Android, whatever device it is that you have through emails, through pornography. And our Lord warns, Lord warns us, and again, these verses help me all the time and have helped me my entire saved life. But scripture talks about, fly up Matthew chapter 5, 28, because I want them to see it. Scripture talks about that uh, when a person has lusted in their heart, they've already committed the act. Right? And so as we taught you on last week, where does all of this stuff start? In the heart, not with other people, right? All right, so if you want to change your future, you have to change your heart. That's a good one. Type that in. If you want to change your future, change your heart. Don't try to change people. Change your heart, and you'll change your future. Everybody clear on that? All right, did it go up, Matthew 5, 28? Did that go up? I want you all to see that. It did go up, all right? But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So he's showing you once it gets in your heart, then the plan begins to go in place. So if we can keep it out of our heart, we can keep from acting on it. Okay? Now, so not just, let's look at one more note on this. After 29 years of full-time ministries, and I've been in four different states, this is what couples have always uh, said to me to defend them living together. And so they'll tell me that the Ten Commandments prohibit adultery, right? You won't see fornication in the Ten Commandments, right? So you see how people look for wherever the wiggle room is, right? So they say, show me in the Ten Commandments, what they would always say. Show me in the Ten Commandments. They say, because it prohibits adultery. So since they're not married to anyone, they argue that they're not committing a sin because they're not committing adultery. Okay, put Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4 up on the screen. Not in your notes, but if you want it, you'll write it down. Okay? Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4. Let's look at that together. Okay, I'll read it right on the screen. It says, marriage is honorable among all. All the married people say amen. amen. Come on, encourage the single people. Marriage is honorable above all. Amen. Oh, my God. Let me try it again. Marriage is honorable above all. Yeah. All right, that's a little better, but watch this. And the bed is undefiled, which means within the marriage, me and my wife can do whatever we, we agree to do. Right? It's what we agree on, me and her. But the moment either one of us want to bring someone else into that. Look, let's read the rest of this verse. Put it back up there. I know y'all don't want to see it. Leave it up there <laughs> till I say take it down. <laughs> and the bed undefiled. You see that but? But fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. That's why I gave you the definition of it. Even if you're single and you are in it with someone that, that allowed you in 
and the two of them agreed on it, everybody in there is committing both of those, fornication and adultery, even though we're consenting adults. Biblically, we're sinning. God, why do I have to be the one to minister these things? God will make you rich. Money cometh. God will pay your house off. God will cancel all your debt. God. That's what people want to hear today. They don't want to hear the truth. They want... It's lonely up here. Can I just get a little bit of encouragement in this place today? This is tough. Boy, this, is, this is tough. Stretch your hands towards me right now. Say, Father God, strengthen him. Okay. So Hebrews 13, 4 says, marriage is honorable among all and the bed undefiled between the marriage couple, the two people in the marriage. But fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. Now, I will say this. The husband should never ask his wife to do something she doesn't want to do. And the wife should never ask her husband to do something he doesn't want to do. Right? It should be what they both agree on that they enjoy together with each other and no one else. So no open marriages at Linked Up Church. That's why I'm going slow and being clear. Look at Proverbs chapter 6, 32 through 35. Whoever commits adultery with a woman lacks understanding. And he does so, and he who does so destroys his own soul. Wounds and dishonor he will get, and his reproach will not be wiped away. For jealousy is a husband's fury. Therefore, he will not spare in the day of vengeance. He will not accept recompense, nor will he be appeased through your many gifts. So my brother's a police lieutenant in Detroit, Michigan. If they get 60 calls, 75 calls from Thursday through Sunday morning, 97% of them are domestic violence. If it's not marriage related, then it was some dude messing with somebody else's girl. And boom. So guess what jails are filled of? People who just snapped over somebody messing with their girl. Or she snapped some other girl messing with her guy. Okay? So notice it says the one that does this, the message Bible says adultery is a brainless act, soul-destroying and self-destructive. Expect a bloody nose, a black eye, and a reputation ruined for good. For jealousy detonates rage in a cheated husband, wild for revenge. He won't make allowances. Nothing you say or pay will make it all right. Neither bribes nor reason will satisfy him. Leviticus chapter 20 verse 10 says, The man who commits adultery with another man's wife and he who commits adultery with his neighbor's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress, shall surely be put to death. That's how serious it was taken in the Old Testament. Okay? Now, let's talk about letter D, and we'll close here for today. 
homosexuals and sodomites. I'm going to come down on the floor. So here in the original language, the first word basically means soft and is sometimes translated as infeminate. The second word basically means men together in the place of sexual intimacy. Together, they, birth, they both refer to all different aspects of homosexual behavior. And so, in the Corinthian community, people were identified by the clothes that they wear. We see this in our community today. So, your clothes told people what your preference was. Everybody clear? What I was into was dictated by what I wore. So you were easy to identify. There's one, there's one, there's one, there's one, there's one, there's one, there's one. So easily, that's why this word infeminate comes in. So if you look in our society today, you'll see the, it's really trying to be very neutral in terms of what a person wants to wear. So in other words, just however you feel, wear it. Okay? So now, so again, this is the sin that was prevalent in the Corinthian culture. And I'm going to educate you a little bit here today. So, so I, I pray that you pay attention and you learn something. It says, as it has become in ours as well, some sins at particular times receive particular favor from the culture at large. And this is the sin that's received favor in our culture. And so that's why it's on ballots. That's why we're voting about it. Hello, somebody. That's why laws are trying to be changed and passed, because it's the celebrated sin of our time. <clears throat> so as this happens to be the particular and celebrated and applauded sin of our time. Now, I want to be clear before I say all the rest of this. It's no worse than anything else that I just read. So the extortioner and the homosexual are the same with God. And what Paul was dealing with is that people were judging other people's sins and not even considering the ones that they were doing. And in God's eyes, they're all the same. So the fornicator is no better. But but see, in church, what we do is we deal harshly with the homosexual and we understand fornication. Come on, church. Come on. I need a little support in here today. So, so we're going to sit them down. You can't do nothing, but we're going to give you two counselors and say we understand. Typically, we understand because we're doing the same things. See, I get you because I, I, I get you, but I don't get them. So once you water it down in this pulpit and once the, the lifestyles are accepted in this pulpit, they become accepted in that church. So now, notice it says, nor homosexuals, almost like it's really emphasizing here because there had to be something in the thinking that said, we're a special class of people that should be protected. So it's almost like they're singled out and it says, nor homosexuals in the text, right? Because in their thinking, they were separate. I'm going to deal with all of this because people think God made them this way. And what we're reading biblically is that people are deceived. 
If you look at your anatomy, that's how God made you. It's what you are. Can we keep reading? I know people are praying for me right now, boy, because they like, boy, this is being taped. And if he say something, I'm just not afraid of that. I'm sorry. I'm not afraid of you, it, or them. I'm sorry. Pray for me, but I'm not afraid. I'm sorry. I'm just not afraid. I, see, people who love you tell you the truth. Right? But the scripture talks about in the last days, right? What's going to happen? People are going to turn away from the truth, and they're going to have what's called itching ears. You know what itching ears are? Tickle. Feel good. So they're going to run to environments that support their behavior and stay away from environments that will stand against them. So just like they stand up for what they believe, I'm standing up for what I believe. And I appreciate those five people, six people, seven, eight, nine, ten people. Huh? So, so let me keep going. Can I keep going? All right. So since this is such a clear condemnation of this behavior, uh, and those who would like to justify the practice, say Paul speaks of, and this is true, right? So, so listen very carefully. What Paul is speaking about, they can defend this this way biblically. Watch what I'm getting ready to show you. They will say what Paul is speaking about is homosexual prostitution. Because if you look up the Greek word for homosexuals, it says male prostitute. Right? And so that's why the other word sodomite is in there with homosexual. Right? But they don't go that far. They stop there, and that's how they build their argument. Let me keep reading. But he's not referring to a loving, caring, homosexual relationship. So taken in context, there's no doubt that God is speaking of homosexual acts of all kinds because he uses the Greek word malakoi, which means homosexuals, which literally refers to male prostitutes. But then he uses this word arsenokotai, if I'm pronouncing that correctly in the Greek. And it literally means sodomites, and it's a generic term for all homosexual practices, in particular older males with younger boys. So people will say today that he's homophobic. Then you got to say that about everything else I said too. This is not all that I've been talking about for three weeks. Come on, somebody. Then call me that about everything. Don't just put me in this one box because I'm talking about all of it. And I've been just as, as clear on all of it as I'm being about this. So I didn't pick and choose. So watch this. So, so Paul wrote, and, and what was not really a homophobic, well, what, 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 well, it wasn't a homophobic culture. Listen to this. Homosexuality was rampant in the ancient world. And my wife and I, we've been to the Colosseum, we've been to Rome. Some of the most vulgar stuff you ever want to see in your life. Right outside of the Vatican. So the church is right there. The Colosseum is right there. And what was going on in both. I'm going to leave it alone. Let me, don't, don't push me out there. And literally, I'm walking in the, valid, uh, the Vatican. A lady tries to kiss me in my mouth. 
because they were selling. So they're trying to locate where you are. And it's all happening right here. <laughs> if you ever been there, you know this is true. And it's worse today than what I'm getting ready to read to you. So listen to this. 14 out of the first 15 Roman emperors were bisexual or homosexual. At the, look this up. Research this. At the very time Paul wrote, Nero was emperor. Nero castrated a boy named Sporus and then married him with a full ceremony. Brought him into the palace with a great procession and made the boy his wife. Later, the emperor lived with another man, and Nero was declared to be the other man's wife. So you see how sin, you just won't stop. Because you just keep trying, people just keep trying everything. Okay. So now there was a guy named Ray, well, I won't say his name. Just recently, a prominent Christian singer and songwriter, very well recognized and much awarded artist, shocked the Christian community because he publicly announced that after 30 years of marriage to his wife, he is now a homosexual and wants to end his marriage. And he wants to come out publicly. Listen very carefully. He doesn't struggle with it any longer. Rather, he has embraced it. And even though he remains, he maintains that he is still a Christian, what we're reading is he can't be. And this is why he said, do you not know? Right? I'm going to teach you something. As long as he was in his marriage working on that and trying to come out of it, I mean, he was continuing in his salvation. The moment he ended his marriage and declared that he is that, So what he doesn't understand is God will continue to work with you as yes. long as you're trying to get out of it. Yes. Amen. The moment you put the brakes on it and declare that this is what you are, now it's your lifestyle. Then he said this statement, and this is the only reason I'm talking about it publicly, because this rocked the Christian community. He said publicly he believes God made him this way. Well, again, let's read the Bible. In the beginning, God made them how? And he told them to do what? Be fruitful and multiply. Come on, Dorian. Let's just use common sense right now, okay? Listen to me. Let's just use common sense. None of us would exist. None of us would. Because the only way you and I can get here is that a male and a female have to get together. Come on, church. Come on. Don't leave me out here by myself. Come on. Is this accurate? Am I, am I ministering the truth? Okay. Think about that. We wouldn't be here. Right? And so we have to look at our anatomy when we struggle with things. Go back to the Word of God, find out what God's Word says, get that in our heart, and begin to develop ourselves the way He made us. Now, I'm going to prove this to you. Same way a person struggles with, with, with heterosexual sin, it's the same, they're the same. 
So I don't know why we make one so different than the other. And when I show you at the end of this, the process out of both of them is the same. And to God, one is not better than the other. One is just more celebrated than the other. Okay. We still doing okay? So, so, so this is my problem with the church. The problem is we can't strongly stand against this and then be guilty of all the other sins. Come on, somebody. Come on. We, we can't get out here and march. Come on, somebody. Take a stand. But we living with people. Come on, somebody. We doing everything else but that and trying to stand against that. That's my problem with the church, and that's why the world doesn't respect us. And their argument is you're no different than I am. And they know that. So until we clean up our house, we don't have the right to talk about what's going on in anybody else's house. All right, so it's 11-11, and I haven't even read the scriptures yet. Can I read the scriptures? You sure? I'm going to go through them as quick as I can, okay? But I don't want you to miss any of this. Deuteronomy 22, verse 5. Says, now remember the word infeminate, right? So people were identified by what they wore. Now I'm not getting ready to get in the dress code. It's really who you are up underneath your clothes. But your clothes should indicate what you represent. To the best of your ability. Right? So I get in the locker room now and, and it's just it's, sometimes it's just not clear to me. And I'm not judging anything. But but you know, I grew up if you had if you had toenail, if you had if you painted your toenails and your fingernails and you got a tattoo over the top of your butt. And again, this guy asked me, what did I think about that? I said, Man, you asking the wrong one. The, the question is, what do you think about that? Because I don't, don't have an opinion. <laughs> but it should be clear. Everybody understand? Amen. Listen to what this says. And again, I, don't, you can get, I can only give you a few scriptures. So if you cross-reference these, you'll see others. It says, a woman shall not wear anything that pertains to a man, nor shall a man put on a woman's garment. For all who do so are an abomination to the Lord your God. And remember, God does not change. Right? And since I use that one on, on that one side, something that just really gets to me is like females with, with big clothes and then they're hanging down off the back with their underwear showing. That is one for me. That's just personal. Don't ever, that's just personal, right? But, but how many know that they're, they're really, what, four weeks in a month? There's one week out of every month that should remind you. Because in that one week, there's a special kind of panties you got to put on. Come on, somebody. Come on, I need somebody to help me in here. There's some special stuff you got to do in that one week that should remind you. 
I can't sag that week. That's one week I cannot sag. Come on, church, don't leave me out here by myself, right? Now let's look at Romans chapter 1. I'm just going to close here. Well, well, no, Leviticus 18.22 says, You shall not lie with male as with woman. It is an abomination. That's clear. If you look at the anatomy, it doesn't fit. And if it doesn't fit, you must acquit. Come on, linked up church. Come on, let me get some real good amens in here today. Come on, if I'm anywhere close near the truth, somebody, come on, help, help me out, folks. I'm not talking to the world. I'm talking to the church. Come on, don't get offended. Don't throw no rocks at me. I'm talking to us. I'm not talking to your friend. I'm not talking to the world. I'm not talking to your friend. I'm not, I'm talking to us, the church. It doesn't fit. I'm not going to lie to you. This is an exit area, not an entry area. Come on, man. Come on. Come on, y'all going to make, come on. Somebody, somebody help me a little bit. That, that's, not a, that's not an entry area. That's a what? We the only, as far as I know, to get lights on, you got to have a negative and a positive, right? You got to have an input and an output, right? You take the input and you plug it into, and you get electricity. Now, if you take two negatives, you're going to shock yourself. Because it don't fit. So we don't play with electricity like that, but we'll play with our lives like that. And say God made us that way. No, look at yourself. That's how God made you. Everything else is a perversion and a lie of that truth. Romans chapter 1. We'll close here. Take my time. Say it one more time. Say it one more time. I can't do that. They look at the staff looking at me like, don't you take your time. <laughs> Romans chapter 1. Let's end right here for the day. How many of y'all glad you came to church today? Did you learn anything today? Who am I talking to? I'm not talking to the world. I'm talking to us. We need to stop talking about them, and we're not taking care of our own business in here. Come on, somebody. So until we stop fornicating and stop cheating on our spouses, come on, somebody. We don't have a right to talk about what anybody else is doing until we get that right. Romans chapter 1, passing translation beginning at verse 21, says, Throughout human history, the fingerprints of God were upon them. Yet they refused to honor him as God or even be thankful for his kindness. 
Instead, they entertain corrupt, excuse me, and foolish thoughts about what God was like. This left them with nothing but misguided hearts steeped in moral darkness. Although claiming to be super intelligent, they were in fact shallow fools. For only a fool would trade the unfading splendor of the immortal God to worship the fading image of other humans' idols made to look like people, animals, birds, and even creeping reptiles. This is why God lifted off his restraining hand and let them have full expression of their sinful and shameful desires. They were given over to moral depravity, dishonoring their bodies by sexual perversion among themselves, all because they traded the truth of God for a lie. What did they do? So all of this happened because they traded the truth of God for a lie. You are what, you, what God made you. And he makes no mistakes. You are not what happened to you. You are what he made you. And what you're becoming. Everybody clear? So, so, so what, why did this happen to him? They traded the truth of God for a lie. See? So so here's my argument. Here's my challenge. Live however you want to live. Let's not try to redefine love and marriage. Because God instituted those things. But we want full benefits, full rights. We want to argue that two can raise better than, than the other. We can do better as two of this than, than, than that. We do all this stuff, folks. Hello? Be looking at your watch. I'm going to take as long as I need to to finish this today. I see some of y'all out there doing this. I'm going to take as long. I'm taking longer now because I saw you doing it. So only a fool would do that. Only a fool would do that. Trade the truth of God in for a what? Okay, so, so why did God make them like that? Or, or why did this happen to them? God didn't make them that way. But why did this happen to them? So I want to ask a question. Is everything I'm telling you from the word of God? Yes. Do you believe it's the truth from the word of God? Yes. Watch this. So they worship and serve the things God made rather than the God who made all things. Glory and praises to him for eternity and eternities. Amen. For this reason, God gave them over to their own disgraceful, vile passions. Watch this. Inflamed with lust for one another. Now, again, the world defines this as love. The Bible defines this as lust. I'm going with God. Okay? And then this is what lustful behavior does. Listen to what it says. Inflamed with lust for one another... Normal relations, so they exchange lust for one another. Men and women ignore the natural order, which I did just described, right? If you look at the anatomy, you see what fits. That is the natural order, and that's how we all got here. If you change that order, none of us exist. So common sense would tell you God would not make people that way because human beings would, further, would cease to exist. People make themselves that way 
through what gets in there. Ear gate, eye gate, mouth gate. Okay, watch this. So inflamed with lust for one another, men and women ignored the natural order and exchanged normal sexual relations for homosexuality. Women engaged in lesbian conduct and men committed shameful acts with men, receiving in themselves the due penalty for their deviation. And because they thought it was worthless to embrace the true knowledge of God, God gave them over to a worthless mindset to break all the rules of proper conduct, which means it just continues to grow. So, so we just want to try everything now. Male, male, we want to bring everything in this because, see, God just lets go of that since you refuse to do that. And, and sin, has, sin really doesn't have a, it doesn't stop. How I many know it just keeps going? <laughs> Right? And if you just look at our society today, it's, it's confusing. But the society should be able to look at the church and it should be clear. And what God will show is that his way is better than the world's way. If we'll just stick to the truth. Okay? So their sinful lives became full of every kind of evil, wicked schemes, greed, cruelty, their hearts overflowed with jealous cravings, with conflict and strife, which drove them into hateful arguments and murder. They are deceitful liars full of hostility. They are gossips who love to spread malicious slander. With inflated egos, they hurl hateful insults at God, yet they are nothing more than arrogant boasters. They are rebels against their parents and totally immoral. Isn't that interesting that they threw in their disobedient to the parents? They are senseless, faithless, ruthless, heartless, and completely merciless. Although they are fully aware of God's laws, this is how you know we're talking to the church. They're fully aware of what God's word says. Right? Fully aware of it in proper order, knowing that those who do all these things deserve to die. Yet they still go headlong into darkness and encouraging others to do the same. And then applauding them when they do. All right, I'm done. We need a song right here, though. Mute <laughs> band, just play something. Let's all stand to our feet. Man, it's tough. Well, somebody got to do it, though. Yeah. It's tough. Let's just all lift our hands to the Father. And this lifts at the end. We just got to get through all of this. But it really does lift at the end. Because God is a merciful God. It's a loving God. God doesn't leave anyone in the current situation that they're in if they truly want to change. And you're going to see the pathway to victory is the same for all classes of people. It's not harder to come out of one than it is the other because he's the same God. Right? The process is the same, right? Minister Kimberly did an excellent job on yesterday. Really, once you decide to know him and make him the Lord of your life, the problem with the church today is that we've accepted him as Savior. We won't let him be Lord of our lives. Because once we make him Lord, that means what he says is the final authority. And we line ourselves up with and so now, everyone in this room, I just want you to look up here at me for a moment today. I know 
Again, that information is in church. We have, when's the last time you heard a message like that? Has it been over 10 years? Raise your hand if it's been over 10 years. Look around this room. Over 10 years. Look at that. That's most people. So then faith comes by hearing, right? And hearing by the word of God. So what God dealt with me about is he's going to hold me accountable for what you do know and what you don't know. And I say, you know what? I'd rather answer to him than have to answer to the people. I didn't want to do this. My flesh did not, and I'm still struggling to be perfectly honest. My flesh did not want to minister this. But I heard the Spirit of God, if you really love him, you'll tell him the truth. Whatever comes with that, it just comes with that. Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we want to invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away, and you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I want to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died, rose from the grave, and he is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name. Praise God, we are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations, we are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to God. Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit us at linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, view past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text Get Connected to 94000. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week, and we look forward to connecting with you.